Hey everyone, welcome to the Ladies of the Chains podcast. I am Becca Kephart. I'm hoping this podcast finds you somewhere warm. It seems like most of the U.S. is getting wintered pretty hard this week. I know here in Kansas City it is cold and windy and I have a head cold and it's just shaping up to be a really good week to listen to some podcasts and watch some disc golf online. Uh, but I'm very excited because it looks like this weather's supposed to move out of here in a few days and the weekend is looking fantastic and I can't wait to get out and go throw because it's been a minute. So we're back with another one of our off-season player interviews. A couple housekeeping things real quick. I am hoping to do some more promotional exchanges this season on the podcast. We'll be back with weekly episodes, including our discussion podcasts, uh, starting March 4th. So if you're a woman who runs a disc golf business, works for a disc golf business, uh, has something that you're interested in promoting on the podcast, please reach out to me on social media or ladiesofthechains at gmail.com. Also, speaking of social media, we are really close to a thousand likes on Facebook, which is amazing. And on Instagram, we're pretty close to 700 likes. And I've got a pretty special and unique giveaway planned for once we hit a thousand likes on each one of those platforms. So if you would be so kind to share the podcast page uh, with other people, invite your friends uh, if you think they'd be interested in the podcast or the Facebook page, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, around here in Kansas City, we are very excited because registration is now open for this year's Spring Diva Fiva, uh, the all-women's tournament that is held each year here, um, put on by Rhonda and Ben Crosby. And I believe that's May 11th, and it's in its fifth year. So there's some special and really fun things planned, and we would love, love to see you out here. So check that out online. Get you registered on discgolfscene.com. All right, and without further ado, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, my interview with current FPO world champion, Paige Birkis. Looking for the perfect disc golf disc to take your game to the next level? Ladies First Disc Golf makes the disc selection process easy with an inventory of women's friendly discs. Ladies First Disc Golf wants to make sure you are looking and feeling great on the course. Jazz up your disc golf wardrobe with a large selection of apparel items for women disc golfers chosen and designed by women's disc golfers. At Ladies First Disc Golf, the ladies always come first. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com for all of your women's disc golf, disc, apparel, and accessory needs. Paige Birkis, how's your off-season going? I think I saw online you're in uh, Florida right now. Yes, um, it has been going good, except last week I got incredibly sick. Oh, no. Um, I had a really bad fever, and I was throwing up. Oh, no. My head was throbbing. Yeah, it was awful, and, and I couldn't sleep, so I went to like the ER, and they pumped me up with some fluids and gave me some medicine and I ended up staying in bed for an entire week. Oh my gosh. It was oh, no. so nice outside and like the off season is going by so fast. And right. I, just, I missed an entire week of practice. So that yeah. was super stressful. But other than that, it's been good. It's been nice and sunny here in Florida. Just nice. been doing practice putting and field work and playing rounds, you know, now and then. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been really good. I'm feeling really good about my game. Good, good. I'm glad you're feeling better. It sucks to be sick, but if it, at least it's the off season, that's maybe better than another time, right? I guess, yeah, you're right. I didn't really think about that. It could have been during like a big tournament or something. Sure. So you've got a really sweet new van that I've seen on social media. It's really exciting. It's got a super cool DD wrap because like dynamic discs wrapping game is very strong. 
<laughs> so what are your uh, touring plans for this upcoming season with your new van? Um, so the main reason I got the van, there is I did put a bed in it and a love seat. Um, however, I'm not really planning to stay on inside of it very often, okay. only if I feel like I need to pull over or like if there's a campsite near the course or, you know, I don't know. But I'm still trying to, you know, stay with people so that I have like a house and a shower sure. and everything. Um, but the the main reason I bought the van was to run some events throughout the season. Um, I came up with the idea to run putter challenges since I'm kind of known for throwing putters, and that's kind of what yeah. won me world. So I have a bunch of discs. Basically, people can pay 20 bucks. I'll do a clinic on putting and how to throw putters for distance and how to do approaches um, with putters. Because I know a lot of people don't really feel confident in their putter game, yeah. um, and putters are very touchy, so I feel might as well use my knowledge and spread it and try to, you know, make some money. So the back of the van is full with, like, table tents um, and tables and discs and feather banners and stuff. So um, Dee Dee definitely helped out a lot with the van, um, knowing that I was going to be running events, promoting some of their, you know, gear and their discs and all that jazz. So that's that's the plan. But I'm still playing, obviously, all the big events and stuff just um, during maybe some weeks off or during the weeks as I'm traveling from one tournament to another. I've already contacted a lot of, like, local clubs in the different areas I'm going to be at. Um, so I'll be doing that, and I'll be doing some clinics here and there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the plan. That's fantastic. That's really great. So do you have your touring schedule set for this season? Like, are you planning on... Uh, the pro tour events and the NTs, or are you going to take kind of any time off during the season? What's your plan? Yeah. Um, yes, everything's pretty much set in stone for the most part. I'm a little unsure on some A tiers, but sure. I will be playing every pro tour and every NT. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not taking too many breaks. I think most of the breaks, if I'm taking a break, I'm going to be running those events. Yeah. So, but the plan right now, to every pro tour and every NT. Fantastic. That's really great. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. kind of go back. How did you very first get your start in disc golf? Oh, yeah, old school. Um, <laughs> my parents actually discovered the game the year I was born, uh, the beginning of 1996. Um, my dad actually owned a T-shirt company. He, you know, did screen printing designs, and a tournament director came up, you know, talked to him and was like, hey, you know, I'm running this tournament. Can I get these shirts? And him and my dad kind of went back and forth on prices, um, and eventually my dad was like, all right, you know, we'll give you these shirts for free or super cheap. I don't remember, but he's like, but um, in return, you can give my wife and I a bag and teach us how to play disc golf. Okay. So I think, um, so this is, yeah, late 90s in Abilene, Texas. So they, you know, this this guy showed my parents how to play disc golf, and then um, they kind of, they showed me the sport when I was really young, but, you know, I, my brother was into baseball. My sister's into basketball. I played ba- uh, baseball as well. And that, like, we never really played disc golf until we moved to Denver. So mm-hmm. all, all that took place in Texas. We moved to Denver and I was about 10 and we moved to near a disc golf course. And my dad was like, you know, we haven't played in a while. Let's go. And he took my brother and I out. And I think my mom was there too. And, um, we played and my brother and I got hooked. We were hooked pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So and that was when I was about 10. So my, I played my first tournament when I was 10. So obviously you played a lot after that world title, a junior's world title, all that good stuff. At what point did you decide to make the transition to play professional? It's always been a goal of mine. Um, you know, when I first started playing and competed in my first world, it was in 09 and I saw Valor and Jenkins there and I was like, well, you know, I want to do that one day. So it's always been like uh, a, a goal of mine um, ever since I was young. 
And after, you know, I played my first junior world championships and, and got second place. And then the next year I played advanced, um, in like regular tournaments and went out to like GBO and played advanced in those tournaments and actually did pretty well, but I, I wanted to win a junior world title. So that summer I played junior world, um, and I won. And I remember I played the final nine and my score during the final nine, it was the same layout, I think for all the divisions, all the M divisions. And I had the best final nine score out of all the women that competed, even the advanced. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I, I can do this. And so the next year I still stayed amateur and played advanced women the following year, which was in 2011 and ended up taking third. And I debated a little bit on playing advanced or, you know, for another year and try to win that advanced world title or move up to open and I actually got a Facebook message from Paige Pierce saying, you know, I tried winning M Worlds three times and I really should have moved up, you know, move up. It's the best thing to do. So after getting that, you know, hearing that from Paige Pierce and talking to my parents and, you know, knowing that I wanted to push, push my game and push my limits, I, I decided to move up. So yeah. I turned pro at, you know, at the end of 2011. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my, my first kind of little tour was when I was 16. So crap, what year is that? 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always dreamed of touring, and, you know, my dad came up with the idea. He's like, hey, you know, ask Eric McCabe if he has some extra room in it for, you know, a, a quick summer tour um, f- for you to experience. And so that ended up working out, and I fell in love with it. So I tried to tour every summer, and then obviously this summer came, and I started to play really well, and then I decided to do full-time, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. You know all that, all that jazz. <laughs> <laughs> all the boring stuff. Oh, not boring very exciting but anyway (laughs) so why do you what do you think it was about disc golf like why why was disc golf the thing that kind of captured you out of all the sports that you were doing that's such a good question um well okay so yeah I did play a lot of sports um growing up especially when I was pretty young I like I played a little you know soccer in kindergarten and all that jazz um when I was in kindergarten I got diagnosed with this thing called leg perseus disease where Mm. my like hip socket was flat instead of round Mm. honestly i don't know i try to forget try to block out that chunk (laughs) of my life but um i had to wear this hip brace for Mm. probably two or three years where um basically i had to like waddle i had to walk with my legs Mm. spread apart and it was helping my bone grow back or uh, again i don't know the science lingo for it but um so i stopped playing sports for a while um and when i could finally get the brace off you know, they were saying, you know, be careful, like, don't do anything to whatever, you know, take some time to grow back into feeling better again, I guess. Um, and so after that, um, I think it took a year or two off sports and played some little league baseball. But then when we moved to Colorado, the little league baseball scene was definitely not as big as it is in Texas. And, um, I I don't know. I, you know, I think just the timing of it, you know, starting to really feel back to a hundred percent with my body, um, at about like nine or 10, which is yeah. when I started playing and it, it was a family sport. Right. Like I couldn't play baseball with my older brother. Cause he was, you know, a couple years older than me. So he was in a different league. And, um, so I, I think it was probably the family part and being able to hang out with, with my parents and, and my brother. And, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it. And I've, I've like, I don't like bragging or anything, but I think I've always kind of like, it's a natural talent yeah. with the disc. Um, 
my parents told me that. Um, I've had, you know, when I did start playing, everyone on the Colorado disc golf scene noticed it as well. So I think because I knew I was kind of good at it. I mean, not immediately, obviously, because I was, you know, a clumsy 10-year-old girl. But once I saw, like, the improvement, you know, I was kind of motivated. I was like, all right, I'm kind of good at this, and I can get better. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads me right into my next question. So I think, like, all disc manufacturer teams have, you know – a bit, if not a lot, of a family feel to them. But Dynamic Discs Mm -hmm. definitely seems to very much have kind of that culture of family, and especially for you, because obviously you have family involved uh, with the company Mm -hmm. as well. So can you talk a little bit about the Dynamic Disc culture and just what being a part of that team is like for you? Oh, yeah. Okay, so on the disc golf side, the touring side is awesome. Uh, It's it's been amazing to have their support, you know, like, like everyone on the team that tours, they, they've always supported me. They've always cheered me on. Um, and I've always looked up to them like Paige, obviously I've always looked up to, um, Eric and Tina once they, you know, got on the team, it was cool to see them grow and how their brand has grown and how like they've got, you know, gained followers and stuff. So I really looked up to them. Zach is the funniest dude ever (laughs) on the planet. So that's awesome too. Um, but it's just been cool. They they definitely helped me. You know, I, I talked to a lot of them about my decision between school or touring full time. Right. And, you know, all of them said touring full time. Not a surprise. But they were definitely there to, like, listen to me and listen to my concerns and stuff. And it's just been awesome. And, you know, when I've sucked, they've said, good job. You know, we still love you. You learn from these experiences and yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, when I won Worlds, they acted the exact same. Like, yay, we're so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And it's just been awesome. Um, and then like in terms of like the work side, because I have worked at dynamic right. disc, um, you know, my freshman year of college till, you know, right before I tar- started my summer tour this year. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. I, I've actually worked with my mom at the retail store. Mm-hmm. My dad works at the warehouse. So I don't get to see him as much, but it's just, um, just family. I mean, yeah. that's <laughs> the best thing to say. They, you know, dynamic disc really cares about their employees and they treat each other, you know, they treat us that way. And it's cool that, um, they're willing to support us. I mean, Rusco, you know, when I was studying to be a teacher, he was like, you know, you're going to make a great teacher. Mm. And then when I just, he was thinking about touring, he was like, you know what? If you quit school and you tour for 10 years and you don't like it, you can always come back to Emporia and we'll have a job for you. Mm. You know, we can ha- set something up for you to where you're, you're making money and you can make a living here in Emporia. And that was a, a big factor on why I decided to, you know, play because I knew Rusco did have that. It's, it's a special home, I guess, and yeah. we've known Jeremy Rusco since he was selling shirts out of the back of his Ford, right. I don't know what it is, Explorer, I don't know, cars, <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't either. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm just so blessed to be part of a company that cares so much in, in all aspects of my life, you know, with family or if I'm upset about something else that's not related to disc golf. I mean, everybody cares. My manager at the retail store when I was working there, he cared about my personal life, and he also cheered me on when I won World. So yeah. it's, it's just cool. It's cool to experience all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about uh, your style of play and how you play it was really neat last year because obviously we had like a ton more video coverage of the women playing and you were making lead cards a whole bunch there <laughs> in the middle to the rest of the season so one thing <laughs> I, I noticed a lot and you and you actually just referenced this a bit ago about worlds is both at worlds and uh the delaware disc golf challenge you do a lot of putter mm-hmm. throwing and can you talk a little bit about how you developed that part of your game and how you decide when to throw putters off the tee? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was playing in Colorado. I was actually pretty young. I don't know, actually, maybe 16. I, I don't know. It was a while ago. Yeah. It was before I graduated high school because I moved in Poirier after high school. But I was, there's this one hole on my home course where there's water on the left and there's like a sidewalk on the right. It's mm-hmm. kind of tight. I mean, it's a wide open course, but, you know, there's those OBs on the left yeah. and right. And this guy that I've been playing with for super long, I look up to him. He's an awesome player. His name is Joel Abrian. He's from Colorado. Um, he threw the straightest shot to the basket. And, you know, for my ability, my capabilities at that time, all I knew were S shots, you know, or Anheuser's. So throwing like an S or a Heiser, you know, you have to be super dead accurate, especially with the water on the left and stuff. And he just threw it dead straight. There was no deviation from his flight. And I was like, what the heck did you just throw there, Joel? And he's like, it's a putter. And I was like, whoa, you can throw those so far. You know, I was just like, whoa, this is so cool. And he's like, Paige, like my best advice to you is to learn to throw putters. Uh, Get them to go far, you know, learn to throw them straight. And I promise you, it'll save you a lot of trouble. It'll keep you on the fairways. It can get you out of trouble if you're off the fairways. Um, So that's what I would do. And that's what he told me. And he gave me some tips on throwing. And um, since then, I've been using them for upshots, you know, using upshots slowly. And then I started to gain more distance with them. And there's one summer when I was in high school where I did a lot lot of field work that summer. And I was throwing tons of putters. And I loved it. And I was starting back and forth in the field, and they were all coming up smooth. And I was mm. throwing them really hard. And I, you know, figured out the trick on how to get them to, you know, get, you know, uh, how do I word this? Where I can throw them really hard, and they won't turn over right. like putters want to do. Right. So once I, you know, that summer, I just like gained a lot of confidence in that. And then I just kept on doing it. Um, usually, when I decide to throw putters off the tee, is when the rough is pretty bad. Um, when I know if I kick off, I'm probably not going to have you know, very good options. And at least with the putter, if I do hit a tree, it's a lot slower than a driver. So I'm not kicking too far in the fairway. Um, but also if it is, you know, a a tunnel shot and maybe, you know, I have a fairway in my hand and for some reason this negative feeling comes over or like, you know, I'm not confident in the shot. Um, um, I'll just, I'll be like, you know what, just, just down to a putter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. I mean, that's usually it. If, uh, what, what, it depends on what the you know off the fairway looks like, and if there's OB. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty risky hole, and I usually just disc down. Yeah. Well, and it's really great because now if we want to learn your putter throwing secrets, we can just go to one of your events, which is great. So. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, something else I noticed about your play style and. Uh, it may be at least in part the video, but you have a really unique pace of play. You seem to kind of just step up to your lie and do the thing. And is that something mm-hmm. you've always done or is that something that developed over time? That's a good question. I, I've always done it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, playing with my older brother, you know, we, we'd mess around with each other. So the quicker we played, you know, <laughs> the less he could throw something at me or try to mess with my putt. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, and I always liked, like, not overthinking. You know, there's yeah. been a couple times where I rush shots, but my putting, I try to take my time on. Like, sure. I used to be a really quick putter, and I think that that, that wasn't good for, for at least my confidence on the green. So that I try to take my time and make sure I'm pretty focused. But mm-hmm. um, the rest, yeah, I just try not to overthink. You know, my body, you know, I've been playing disc golf for friggin' I'm starting my 12th year, right. which is crazy to say out loud. Right. But, um, you know, I've thrown these shots. I don't need to be overthinking them. You know, I just execute and trust the disc and so yeah Yeah. that's why I play pretty fast awesome so I'm really excited about this next question I think especially right now in this day and age like 
someone who comes new to the sport, there are so many disc options, even within, if you like stick with one disc manufacturer, there are so many discs. So I would, what I would like you to do is for like a new or newish woman player, what would you put in their bag? Like, can you give us five discs that you would recommend? Five discs. Okay. All right. It's tough. Okay. Well, the first one is uh, the Latitude 64 Diamond. Mm -hmm. That is a great um, uh, slow driver, small rim, understable, very good for beginners, and very, you know, it's good for beginners. I guess just kind of easy to throw. Yeah. Um, five discs. Let's see what else. Probably the Dynamic Discs Truth, not the Emac Truth, because mm -hmm. those are kind of overstable, but the Truth is a very straight-flying mid-range, small rim, um, easy to throw, um, probably like the, just kind of like the tr a, a disc that's true to its flight, especially for beginners when you don't need a lot of arm speed. Um, another one. We have the Patrol is also a good understable uh, mid-range. I think the Truth could be for like a straight to a little bit dump up, to the left, but the patrol is there is lightweight, mm -hmm. um, small rim, easy to throw as well. Um, I, for, for me, I think putters, it doesn't really matter if you're a beginner or not. A yeah. putter is going to be, you know, a putter. So team judge, I'm going to go, right. go with the judge on that one. <laughs> um, and what do you say? Five of them. I, I like the, the dynamic, just trespass, maybe mm. a lightweight one, yeah. and like the beat in, like the prime, the, the prime plastic, you know, kind of understable distance driver, bigger rims than the the diamond so maybe she can start feeling more comfortable yeah. with bigger faster rim drivers so that she can make that next step after she's you know too good for the di not good too advanced i guess for the diamond right. and can move up so yeah, yeah those would be my five that's awesome i need to try a diamond again i had one in my bag that i took to like the second time i'd ever gone to our women's league out here and I was like, this mm -hmm. is lightweight. I hear it goes really far. I'm going to throw it really, really hard. And I threw it off the tee, like, perfectly perpendicular. So it went, like, <laughs> 90 degrees the wrong way. And it went pretty far into a roller. And I was like, oh, why did that disc do that? You know, obviously, it was me. It had nothing to do with the disc. But um, I, <laughs> I did buy my uh, – I have got – uh, a couple of baby nieces, they're nine and seven. I bought them some diamonds for Christmas and they, they were throwing them real good. It was actually pretty cool. So anyway. Absolutely. They're they're very reliable and great for discipline. I mean, my mom still throws them. Yeah. I actually used to throw them like probably back in middle school even or beginning of high school and I was using them for my Anheuser shots. Yeah. And I was using, using them because they're like super touchy. Right. That, you know, for, for where I was at that, it taught me kind of the finesse, totally. I guess. Totally. And learn exactly yeah. where to aim to like and trust the disc to do the turnover instead of me forcing it, totally. you know. So it's a good disc to learn from too. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've been in disc golf for a while. Uh, what what are some of kind of your hopes and dreams for the sport? What would you like to see kind of happen here next in the next five or so years? More women playing, yeah. obviously. Uh, I think our, our steps towards women's coverage is awesome, and especially with the news that they're doing, what are they doing live cameras yeah. or live for the, the lead card and chase, chase cameras too, and they're going to do their best. So I'd like to see the coverage of the women grow. Yeah. Um, and then obviously more women competitors, that would be awesome. I know this year at Worlds, there were 50 competitors mm -hmm. and that's a lot, yeah. but you know, if, if someone's like, oh, you won the world championship, like how many people did you play against? <laughs> you know? And I say, you know, 50, they're like, oh, 
not that it like takes anything away, but sure. you know, I just like to see those numbers grow, and also I think maybe I'd like to see sponsors kind of supporting their women players more to get them to these, you know, the, these bigger tournaments. Um, so that would be nice. I mean, I think sponsors in general, you know, I, that's something else I'd like to see sponsors providing more and more for their players, whether they are female or male. Yeah. But I think um, there should be a little bit more, um, I guess, importance. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> whatever. It should yeah. be, uh, whatever, for, for them to provide stuff for the women to travel. because yeah, more incentive. Uh, I mean, there's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's tons of guys that play, and you know, but I, I think the the I more and more people are watching STL coverage because of people, you know, like Paige Pierce who throws super far, or yeah. um, you know, the consistent players like Sarah Hoka, Cat who's good with like every shot, rollers, backhand, forehand, everything. So that's pretty cool. So you know, you know, just generic women stuff, more players, more coverage. I I wish. I guess, again, it goes back to women. Because I, I think I heard a stat where, like, when I tapped out my putt, you know, there were, like, 5,000 views or, or live views. But then when Barsby did his, there were, like, 10 or 15, you know, like, mm-hmm. some big number. Mm-hmm. So, again, I just, oh, I don't know. I just wish there was more people, you know, watching the women. Yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I don't know. I'd like to see more discs in, you know, the sports stores. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see more of a variety of discs. Because, you know, you go to Dick's and it's all in of a yeah. – you go to – what what a like Hastings or those type of stores and it's all disc craft. You know, I think providing a variety for brand new people, mm-hmm. even though they really don't exactly know what they're picking out, but giving them a variety and seeing more of them, more of the options in store for them would be cool. Uh, but everything else is generic. You know, ESPN would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that everyone's starting their YouTube channel, yeah. and I think that's also good yeah. for the game. And it'd be cool to see more of the top players doing that, so that mm-hmm. fans can be it's more like on one on one, and they yeah. feel closer. And I think that that's a good trend that's happening. Yeah, um, yeah mm-hmm. I think I think that's it. Oh, also, with U.S. Women's, I don't, oh, I have mixed, mixed feelings about it yeah. because you know that you know it's at a different location every time. And, right. I competed in my first U.S. Women's ever this year, actually, and it was actually pretty cool. Huh, but, yeah. you know, there were some things that could have been done better, and it's like we look at the USDGC, and right. it's incredibly prestigious, and then U.S. Women's is not as. So I'd like to see some growth with that as well. I know, like, yeah. Madison Walker went to the PDGA Summit meeting after whatever tournament that was. I don't yeah. remember. Um, to kind of advocate for that. And so I think for giving, like, women some more prestigious events mm-hmm. would be pretty cool. So obviously last year you got that amazing uh, dream goal kind of checked off the list of your first world championship. What are some of your goals heading into this next season? Ooh, okay. Um, I want to win a national tour. I've never won one. It's saying that I've won a major first. Um, and I was really close to Delaware, but I, you know, yeah. chundered that last round, but whatever, that's fine. Um <laughs> But winning an NT would be awesome. You know, NTs have been around since I started playing disc golf, and it's just been cool to see Val and Kat and Paige and Hoke all win these yeah. NTs. And I would love to be be up there and, and win one of those. It's been a dream of mine. Um, that's been a dream of mine for a long time. Mm. But since the Pro Tour started, I'd love to win a Pro Tour event. Yeah. Also, just kind of growing, growing my brand. I don't really have, like, a logo or anything, so it'd be cool to get a logo developed at some point this year yeah. um, and just kind of do that and then grow the sport as best as I can. And, uh, yeah, I guess, but in terms of disc golf. Oh, and get my rating up to 9. It'd be insane, but I'd love to get it up to 960. Yeah. Like, I think Val, Cat, Hokum's 960. 
Page, obviously, I think she was like 978 at one point, but yeah. like those are like the people that have been up in that that super top tier level, and they'd be so cool <laughs> to have that happen. Yeah. So I'm like 12 points away, yeah. which doesn't sound like a lot, but oh, it's hard. Yeah. Get it. I like it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are those are my goals. Do you have any tournaments that you're particularly looking forward to? Anything you're extra excited about this season? Yes, I'm excited. Okay, so I, the Memorial, I'm super excited about. Yeah. I played the Memorial every year that I was in high school, freshman to senior year. And then once I got to college, I just could not miss that much school. Um, especially because like, when I went into college, I was a math major. Sure. So that would have been hell if I missed yeah. <laughs> a week. So I, so I haven't played the Memorial since I was a senior in high school. So it's been about three or four years. So I'm super excited just yeah. to go back to sunny Arizona. It'd be cool to win it. That's always been a dream of mine. But I mean, just being able to play in it, I'm pretty, pretty lucky um, and excited about that. Um, GBL, I'm excited about to yeah. maybe, you know, hopefully have a chance to win and represent, you know, Dynamic Distance since my dad runs the yeah. event. It'd be super cool if I won. Um, are you going to have to work was, this year, though? Like, are, are you going to actually be able to just focus on the tournament? Because I remember last year, I, I saw you on the course, and I immediately saw you in the DD store working. <laughs> I know. Last year was so crazy, because I was, like, in school. The the first round, uh, no, second round, second round, I literally had this big project I had to present right before <laughs> the second round. It was crazy. I, like, I, you know, my teacher put out the syllabus early, and, I saw, you know, April, whatever, big project. And I went to go talk to her and she's like, you need to, you need to be there or else you'll down my class. And I'm like, frick. (laughs) So I I dressed up really nice, did the presentation change real quick, started warming up and then (laughs) played the second round. That was crazy. And then friggin' working and uh, that was crazy. But this week, uh, this year, I, if they need my help, I'll definitely offer my help to the store since I know how to work things for the most part. But, um, you know, I need to focus on the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> and if they need me cool, if not, I'm going to enjoy the festivities. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I kind of oh. got you off there. Yeah. Any other tournaments you're looking forward to? Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Mountain Championships. Yeah. Or it's Stack and Smudge. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that one. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, do you have any shout outs? Anything else that you'd like to let our listeners know about? Shout out to my mom and dad. I love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, just I'm excited for 2019. Thanks for the support. Uh, it really means a lot. It's cool to to have fans. Oh, it's so cool. It's been yeah. a dream of mine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thanks to Dynamic Discs and Truly Unique for sponsoring me. And uh, thank you guys for Ladies of the Chains and supporting Women's Disc Golf and promoting it. We really need more more people like you in the game. So awesome. thank you very much. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. Heck yeah, absolutely. Thank you again to Paige Birkis for taking some time to speak with me. And thank you for listening to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. If you like the podcast, if you would be so kind to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform that you are listening on, we are always wanting to interact with y'all, take your questions, your topic ideas. You can reach us on uh, social media, on Instagram or Facebook, or email us at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com. If you're also interested in supporting the podcast, you can go to our website, ladiesofthechains.com and click on the support button to support us for as little as a dollar a month on Patreon. I hope you have a fantastic week and we'll catch you here next time on the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. <laughs>